Football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CHAMPION, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Hi, welcome to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm Valeria, and I'll be hosting this series. Each episode will have a special guest who will share their story of success, as well as their career advice and industry insight. Today's guests are Logan Lamance and Teddy Giard, founder and co-founder of Kanga Coolers, a company you might recognize from their appearance on Shark Tank. Their casemate keeps a case of beer cold for seven hours, and as we'll talk about today, it actually began as a group project at Clemson University. We'll also be discussing their advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, how they're branding their company as a unique experience, and a lot more. Hi guys, thanks for joining the podcast today. Absolutely. Just to start, I would like it if you guys could introduce yourselves and just share where you're from, how old you are, and what your role is at your company. Yeah, so my name is Logan Lamant. I'm the founder and CEO of Kanga. I'm actually from a small town called Pickens, South Carolina, right next to Clemson, where we went to university, and actually we created the uh, the concept for the casemate and built Kanga out of a class project. Yeah, and my name's Teddy Giard. Uh, I'm going into my senior year at Clemson University, majoring in marketing. We'll hopefully graduate this year. That's the plan. But uh, I'm head of branding at Kanga. I do all of our videos, social media marketing, uh, and customer relationships and stuff like that so we're still at a small point in the company to where everyone wears a lot of hats but as for right now we're rocking and rolling awesome and i think wearing a lot of hats in small companies ends up being super beneficial like for yourself as an individual oh for sure we've learned so much about so many different categories of business that we never thought we would be involved in but understanding those categories helps you realize how much there is to know and how much you don't know. Absolutely. And to build on that a little bit strategically to understand how different parts of the business work together, it helps you make better informed decisions on you know, any decision for the company, especially involving, you know, for example, product development, how it affects finance, operations, and, and marketing, and that type of stuff. Only three of your team members pitched at Shark Tank, yourselves included, but there are actually five founding friends, right? That's right. So I think anyone who's worked on a group project in college or works with a team at their job knows that collaboration definitely comes with challenges. So how have you all been able to work efficiently together while still encouraging creative teamwork? So it's definitely a balancing act to balance, you know, accountability and uh, discipline in the schedule, but also leaving room for creative freedoms, you know, for us to do what we do best. But I'd say it's a challenge when you have just a typical class project, group of people, and a team. But when, I don't know, we kind of built this thing from the ground up with people that we believe in, and there's kind of a synergy that comes where we're, where the company is greater than the sum of its parts you know, when we're firing on all cylinders. I think to touch on that, just, you know, we, we all started as a class project. Right out the gate, most of us were passionate about it. Once we broke down to the core individuals that we wanted to start this thing with, all of us just had the fire, saw the potential for this product. And at the time, if you were to look at the prototype, like the way we looked at our prototype was so different than the way everyone else around us looked at it. Because, it, I mean, it, it was laughable. 
Like, it was comical. It was, it was a plain white little koozie material thing that said casekoozie.com on the side. It was, it was comical. People, people looked at us and were like, we're telling you we think this is the next big thing, which made <laughs> no sense at the time. But uh, the fact that some of us were graduating, some of us were still in school, we basically started this company up until Shark Tank, basically. Post-Shark Tank was when we finally... People started going full-time and everything, but everyone had full-time jobs, whether they're students, working elsewhere, and we operated on this company remotely. I actually read somewhere that you all got a B on that project, right? Yeah, it's B for beer. <laughs> but that makes not sense. A according to the metrics of the class, but um, it was still a very impactful class, and, and we still go back and we speak to the students in that spot. The coolest thing in the world is to say, two years ago, we were sitting in your seat exactly where you are with the craziest idea like you have and that's a really cool moment for us and and for them hopefully yeah i've i've myself personally i've never gotten higher than well actually i had one but for most of my entrepreneurship classes i've taken at school i've never gotten higher than a c in and my professor actually at the end of the semester said that the most entrepreneurial minded individuals she's had in her classes all got c's and b's because they focused more on working on outside projects that they saw having a long-term payoff rather than the short-term payoff for the grade. Uh, she said that sacrifice is basically going to the beat of your own drum. It's basically going against what everyone's telling you to do and what the social norm is and saying, hey, this is what I believe and this is what I'm passionate about. And if you just naturally and holistically do it on your own, it goes a long way and it speaks measures. And although professors will give you a C because obviously you earned a C according to the rubric. Mm. They noticed that. At the end of the day, whatever you're passionate about is always going to be more important than like your GPA. Oh, 100%. We, I always like to say the, the A students work for the B students. The B students work or report to the C students and the dropouts and D students run the world. Just out of curiosity, were you all friends already before you worked on this group project or was it like a random assignment? We, we weren't friends yet, but we kind of rallied behind the vision for the product, and we all like to drink cold beer, so we quickly became friends. That's I think awesome. if you, yeah, if you take a look into the inside dynamic of the team, um, I don't, we always say, like, we don't know if any of us, well, we would all consider each other, like, best friends now, but as far as, like, individually hanging out, if we were just taking what we are into and what we enjoy doing in our free time, like, I, I don't know if any of us really would have crossed paths that much. And I think that's what makes the dynamic so special and so powerful. And I think that's why we're able to get so much done and see things from so many different perspectives because we all have completely different personalities and completely different interests. Right, and it's powerful because we're so similar enough in our purpose and like what drives us and what we want to see for the company, but we're so different in our personal lives and, and what we like to do that we bring different areas of value to the company that, if we had four of us that were all alike, we would be missing a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the Kanga DNA that we have. So I think that balance of like similarities and differences is what makes like not only friendships really strong, but also a lot of great business partnerships. For those who haven't seen your company's episode on Shark Tank yet, could you just explain how your product was born and sort of your journey to getting on Shark Tank? Absolutely. We started it, like we mentioned, it's a class project. Um, I was at Clemson on a game day one day, stressing out about what am I going to do for this entrepreneurship class project where we're creating a solution to a problem we faced. Well, I was drinking warm beer out of a case. I had a Yeti. I spent 300 bucks on a cooler 
I could keep my beer cold for three weeks, but I wouldn't use it to keep it cold for three hours. So I was drinking warm beer. And so I kind of found the problem I was looking for that made no sense. But then I started looking around and I saw someone take a cold beer from a cooler and put it into a koozie. And it kind of hit me. I said, well, I got this case from a fridge. It was already cold when I got it. Why not just keep it cold for the whole time I'm actually going to drink it? I'm not going to the tailgate for three weeks. I'm going for three to four hours. Why not just insulate it without ice in the most convenient way for that time period? And so the concept was essentially a koozie for a case. And so um, we pitched it to the class project, got a team behind us, got the B that's so famous now. <laughs> uh, and then we had a moment after the class project where we decided, you know, some of us stepped up and said, hey, let's, let's do this for real. Let's make this a, a real thing. And so it was a long journey from there to Shark Tank for sure. A lot of ups and downs. I mean, we spent... I think it was about two years um, from that point on to Shark Tank. But, you know, going through the university, using those resources as a college student and an entrepreneur, getting the mentorship guidance and, and being directed by people that know what they're talking about. We were fortunate enough to, to have a product in hand to take to, to Shark Tank to film. And we were successful on the show and got a deal with Mark Cuban. One thing that about your pitch that I was really impressed about besides the fact that you all were college students, was that you all came off as very calm and collected. So what was it actually like pitching in front of the Sharks? And did you have someone in mind going in that you wanted to work with? You know, we walked into the tank kind of with the mindset that we had something to prove here. And uh, we didn't really feel any external pressure because our mindset was, wow, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I can't believe we're doing this as... 19, 21, 22-year-olds, and so we just kind of jumped in there, and we were like, we looked at each other, and we said, hey, these are normal people, they just happen to be extremely successful, but we're going to talk to them like how you, we would talk to them at a, at a tailgate, like we are going to create that atmosphere, we are going to try to shoot, shoot. I don't want to cuss, have a view with them, yeah, exactly, have a view with them. <laughs> trying to watch my language, but... Uh, That's okay. I don't enforce that on this podcast. Cool. I was just going to say, we're just trying to shoot the shit with them. So, yeah, but we went out there. We wanted to get a deal with Mark Cuban because we saw the value he could bring from a collegiate licensing standpoint and also his involvement with Anheuser-Busch. So he was definitely who we had in mind from the beginning. Once we went in there, it was almost as if like the entire room shifted towards him, though, because immediately... All the sharks knew that he was he was our guy, and they wanted us to get a deal with him, and he wanted to get a deal with us. We were actually one of the fastest deals in Shark Tank history. Oh wow, so that's awesome! It was just an unbelievable experience. So, after receiving Mark's investment, how has that impacted your company, and what is Mark's role in your company like today? So, we try to keep the details of you know what we're in right now with negotiations with them under wraps a little bit. Um, we're still ironing out some details before we hit the ground running, but you know, after Shark Tank aired, everything has absolutely changed. I mean, like Teddy mentioned before, we were all kind of remote. We used our computers and phone calls as our communication. We saw each other maybe once every two months, but, uh, since Shark Tank airing, you know, we went out of my mom's basement, which is where we used to operate. Now we have a warehouse. Now we have an office and, and we're actually all full time. So, um, the impact that getting us to that point that Shark Tank have was huge. It, the Shark Tank effect is real. But then all of a sudden, the impact of having everybody full-time in the same room, well, that's produced a new wave of its own. So it's it's been pretty cool to, to take that next step. And, and now it feels like we're a real company charging towards a real mission and, and really getting stuff done. I think the most fascinating aspect was 
it was like hitting the light switch where beforehand we were just these crazy college kids that were trying to start this cooler thing. We're trying to tell everyone it's credible. It works. Yada, yada, yada. We land a deal on Shark Tank and the next day we come into school and everybody wants one. So it was just immediate credibility from a branding aspect and overall just, hey, this product is actually, people thought it was cool after that. It's, it, it just goes to show, I think we all stated at the end, when you start a company, whether it's Shark Tank, whether it's getting an article in like a cool magazine, a commercial, an awesome ad, just someone to, someone of a higher stature to approve of your concept or idea just speaks exceptional measures. Definitely. And another exciting expansion for your brand I've seen has been sponsorships from companies like Bud Light. What has that experience collaborating with big brands been like? It's been amazing. Bud Light's actually the one that really cracked the door open and showed us there was a door to walk through there as far as custom product. Um, We didn't even look at it. We, We designed the product so that we could print whatever cool design we wanted to on there because we wanted cool designs and whatever we wanted to. Then Bud Light reached out to us and said, hey, can we make a Bud Light one with this you know, flexibility? We can print any, any graphic we want to. And we said, um, absolutely. And we, we landed that first order with them, and that just kind of opened the floodgates as far as partnering with other companies that, and it's very important, that are like-minded and are similarly branded to what we're going for, like you know, fishing, a fishing apparel company in Charleston, a military apparel company in Savannah, Georgia. You know, We've got the big breweries you know, kind of going with us because it, it pairs well in so many different environments and we're able to more effectively reach people that support those brands and drink beer, cold beer, by using our product to help their, their brand get out there. Yeah. Once again, it's just instantaneous credibility. I know um, after the show aired and stuff, uh, we were the number one search word on Anheuser-Busch's website, which was really cool. And so the credibility of working with such a renowned brewery and the largest brewery in the world, just creating those relationships just has helped us blow up the brand. That's got to feel pretty surreal, I'm sure, to be tailgating one year and then a couple years later you're working with Bud Light. It's humbling because we know how much of an investment people have made into us, people that are at those bigger companies that look down and say, I like this idea. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to do that deal. I'm going to help you grow as a company. Well, people that invest in us are the reason we're here today. And so it's actually, it's a moment of pride, but it's also a humbling realization that, wow, like we're only here because of everybody that rallied behind us. And it's kind of a big picture thing for the company too. We want to be there to help inspire other young entrepreneurs and particularly young entrepreneurs in college to really take the opportunities that they have, the resources they have and run free with it. And I'll tell you what though, it's the coolest experience to see someone out in public at a tailgate using your product that doesn't know you and you don't know them and they're enjoying it. That's one of the best feelings. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Another cool uh, expansion that your brand recently launched was a sort of documentary style series on YouTube that you all call the Fun Factory. <laughs> what was your inspiration for launching that series and what do you hope comes from it? All right, I'm super stoked that you said that. So I, I know from a personal standpoint, I grew up watching uh, Rob Dyrdek Fantasy Factory. I thought that was the coolest show ever. And looking back on it, Rob Dyrdek is an absolute marketing genius because he took the lifestyle he was living and and portrayed it in a, on a TV series, but like behind closed doors, you knew that it was also authentic. Like he was also that crazy guy willing to do anything. 
and just created just this positive, fun, corporate environment. And so part of what what we've realized and we've been told, when you go to places like Anheuser-Busch, you're meeting with their head of sales, you realize that they're people too. Like, although they stand behind this huge brand, they're also at the root. Like, they like to go have pizza and drink beers by the fire with their buddies. Like, they, they like to have a good time too. So I think showing people behind the scenes that, hey, we're real people, we like to do fun things, we're outrageous, we have a sense of humor, yes, we're a company, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. I think we want we want to just create this approachable atmosphere from anybody, like, hey, if you want to come visit our factory, like, come stop by, you want to you wanna drop in on the half pipe, like, you can sign a waiver and make it happen, but... Uh, That's not an open invitation, I'm the legal guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but... Ultimately, ultimately, we want to show people what we're doing, and we want everyone to be in the loop. Like, we want to be as transparent as possible, and we want to portray the brand and the company in a positive light. And we think that by creating a reality TV series, that's the best way to do it. That fun company culture definitely comes across, and I think it's really cool. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of other companies, I feel like, are going to start jumping on that bandwagon of showing their their team in like a, an approachable way, like you said. We should definitely do it because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and yeah. if they did, all about. if they do end up doing it, that'll be the biggest compliment in the world. We <laughs> we just we looked at it and we said, hey, like this is a cool approach. We're gonna kind of try to mix uh, some reality TV shows we we think are hilarious all into one and make it our own. And just uh, it was it's it's an original concept for a startup company in a corporate environment on its own. So. Um, yeah, if other companies start doing that, we will give them a high five. Definitely. I'd be interested in seeing like a tailgate episode for sure. That'll be coming. <laughs> <laughs> Season's around the corner. Yeah, I'm excited. So what are some goals that you all have, not just for the company in the next couple of years, but also just individual goals for yourselves as entrepreneurs? Well, I know personally, I want to graduate college. That's a, that's, that's kind of a short-term, long-term goal, but um, I'm almost at the finish line, so I want to get that done. But as, as a company, I really want the Kanga brand to stand for fun and like positive experiences. I want people to look at our Kanga logo, and I want that to mean something to them. I want them to wear the logo with pride and really connect to the brand on its own. That's my personal corporate holistic long-term goal for us i'm hoping to achieve that by the end of the year i I would i I would really like to see people just connecting with the kanga brand because they feel like we're speaking to them absolutely and uh my, my personal goal is just plain and simple to be the best me that i can be whatever form that takes um and just to be able to for us all to build the best kanga that kanga can be i don't think we look at other companies and say wow we want to be like them we need to grow into this or do that. And we, we pretty much double down on exactly who we are and what we do. And, and that resonates with people. That's what we're trying to build is just kind of become a better version of, of Kanga going forward. And I think that's going to, like you said, Teddy, speak to people that, you know, we're kind of giving a voice to that you know, more laid back, fun type demographic type person that, you know, to be honest, we're all kind of fed up with the big coolers. We're all kind of fed up with the pretentious, you know, spend $300 just so you can look cool with it. Yeah, like grab grab a casemate for thirty five bucks. Cool designs, awesome. Go have fun. Like go go have an experience with it. And we want to kind of through everything we do promote that experience, not to buy our products, but buy our products to have an experience with it and focus on that experience. I think big picture that's going to blossom into a lot of things for us and, and hopefully for the impact we can yeah. have. 
And most importantly, from a consumer's perspective, is we don't want them buying into an image that they want to portray. We want them buying into a concept that they can attach to their lifestyle. Like we want to see people going out with our coolers and doing crazy things and being adventurous. And, you know, we take pride like in having an unorthodox approach to starting a business. And we want people to have that unorthodox approach to life. Definitely appeals to a lot of college students, but even like after, like I could see my dad loving one of these, you know, so it appeals to so many different people. And I think your approach to your company is really unique. So I applaud you all for everything you've accomplished thus far. I appreciate appreciate that. Something else that I thought was very impressive about your pitch was the fact that you all as founders had invested only like $800 of your own money. Is that right? Yep, that's uh, we were broke college students, and we were not kidding when we say that. That was literally all we could pull together, and that wasn't made all at once. That was like over a six month period. We're like, save up, save up, save up, put a little more in. Save up, save up, save up, put a little more in. But I think it, it's not impossible to do that. It just it's a lot harder to bootstrap that aggressively. But I think what it's done for us is given us a mentality on how we approach things. Is pretty much if it's not essential. Let's, let's not go blow money on it. Let's be, let's be lean. Let's be smart about how we spend money. Let's let the little money we do have turn into more money to spend, turn into more money to spend instead of you know, going out and, and trying to raise money at every single turn. I think it's given us a good DNA as kind of like you know, who we are as a company. Just bootstrapping. I mean, bootstrapping. yeah, <laughs> guerrilla marketing. We, you know, what goes around comes around in life. And so we value the relationships we've made along the way. And anyone that reaches out to us to help us, we always reciprocate it. And, you know, people people do business with people that they like. And that's just kind of, has always been our approach. It's not about the money. It's about the experience. It's about the relationships. And it's about the journey. I think a lot of college students, whether they're interested in starting a business or not, like we all know the struggles that come with like a college budget, right? So what advice would you give to other college students interested in starting a business while they're still in school? I'd say go for it. Don't think twice. Um, and we're, we're obviously biased because of our experience, but starting a business in college is, in my opinion, the best time to start a business. Obviously, you don't have the financial resources, but that shouldn't stop you. You've got the university resources. You've got mentors. You've got you know, people that will invest in you because they see the future you have in front of you. I think it's almost impossible for me to say a bad thing about it because you know you, you don't have a family at that time, typically. You don't have a mortgage payment. You're flexible. You're free. If you have a class you know, at, at 8 a.m. the next day, well, you can do your homework at any time the day before or the day before that. You don't have a set time. You can move blocks around to get your other stuff done. It's, it's just a very creative, inspiring free time in your life with a lot of resources around you. And while you don't have a lot of money typically behind you, I don't think money builds great ideas. I think ingenuity, innovation, and just the drive builds great ideas. So I think college is perfect time. You'll never be at a time in your life other than like when you're in college, you have the least amount of risk that you'll ever have in your whole life. And we've sacrificed the traditional college experience. I mean, there are Friday and Saturday nights where we're all heads down. We're not going out on the weekends. But at the same time, those sacrifices have led to larger events and larger opportunities. So far to say that I would say we've had a more unique college experience 
than most people around us. And when we say yes, we sacrifice the traditional college experience. I think that it was the most beneficial sacrifice we could have ever we made. We traded it out for a better one. We were building something. It's just a, it's a great trade to make. We worked harder and we didn't get to experience everything that everyone else did, whether it was missing a tailgate or whether it's having to work during a game day, you know? Yeah. It's a sacrifice that's made to where the next game day, you're out there and you're on the field with the president of the university. Like, it's that sort of stuff where there's a take and a give for everything. And, I mean, if you want to start a company in college, just do it. Don't let anyone hold you back. Great advice, guys. Definitely really inspiring. And I think a lot of people can relate to the position that y'all were in. A couple years ago. What is your favorite part of starting this company and what is the most challenging? You want me to go first? Um, I can take it. Go for it. So I'd say the most challenging early on is just the uncertainty. And it's still a challenge. Um, You don't know what's at every turn. Like each day, too, you're doing something you've never done before. Like as the company grows, in, in my role in particular, I'm doing things, I'm making decisions, I'm, I'm learning stuff that I've never learned before. And I've kind of gotten used to doing things like that on the fly, but I think originally that was the one of the hardest parts was just the uncertainty that, that comes with the environment of a startup that's early staged. But uh, I'd probably say that the best thing about this entire experience is that that we have a platform to inspire others. Because um, that's, like I mentioned before, kind of a big picture thing for us and kind of why we do what we, what we do is because people that invested in us to get us to this point we want to pay that forward, and now we're building a platform where we can actually have a positive impact. And as things start to materialize, you really remember why you're doing what you're doing. But yeah, cold beer is great, but uh, if I die today, the legacy that I leave and that we leave shouldn't be that we made someone's beer colder a little bit longer without ice. It should be the impact we had on young entrepreneurs um, kind of trying to take a similar path and actually have you know their own change on the world. I think that's probably the best thing about it. Yeah, I think... I think for me, it's uh, a lot of people don't realize like being an entrepreneur can be like extremely lonely. Like it's so weird to say because you're interacting with so many people, you're going about doing so many unique. I go as far as say some extraordinary things, some awful things. Regardless, what you're going about every day and what you're accomplishing and what the highs and lows that you're dealing with with starting your own company, you can't expect anyone to understand if they haven't tried to do it themselves before or if they haven't done it before. So I think ultimately a lot of times like you can come across to others that you think very individualistically, like it's tough for people to relate to you, I guess is what I'm really trying to say. Um, Ultimately realizing that you can't expect people to understand what you're doing because they haven't ever done it before is just the mindset that It takes time, but you'll come to that conclusion. I think that's ultimately has led to all of us guys, the Kanga crew, growing so close together because we're really, I mean, the five of us are really like the only core group as of right now that truly understands what's really going on with each other all the time. Like I know every single detail about these guys' lives, like what they're going through, what, like the hard times, the good times, and, you know, we're all there for each other and we're going through it together. And I think... The positive side is you get a core group of individuals that, I mean, these guys would be friends for a lifetime. I would imagine that that understanding and that bond you all have seeps into your company. And I mean, it can only make it more positive. Absolutely. My last questions are fun drinking related questions. So 
If you could only drink one beer for the rest of your life, which would it be? Daddy? Um, I would drink... I would drink... My Here's my uh, criteria. <laughs> free and cold. That would be the, that would be the beer I would drink. First, first favorite beer is free. Second favorite is cold. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to give you a specific one. Yeah, that, that's what I wanted. A specific one. <laughs> goes to a bar and he's like... You go to a craft beer place and like, what do you want? IPA, like stout. So he's like... I don't know. I'll just have what he had. Like, <laughs> it's very unintentional. He'll drink anything. But uh, not. I'm, have you heard of the Sam Adams seventy six ale? I haven't. It's like a brand new thing. So Sam Adams like traditionally been like a heavier type beer, mm-hmm. like Boston Lager that type of thing. But then all of a sudden they're coming out with like brand new the seventy six beer, which is kind of like positioned to go toe to toe with Budweiser. Okay. More like a light lighter drinking lager yeah. or ale or whatever it is. And uh, I had, like, one for the first time last week, and I'm so big fan. So nice. props to Sam Adams for, for hitting the, the college student budget with a easy drinking, but yet it's full of flavor, alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Oh. I would definitely go for a Hefeweizen if I had to choose a canned beer. I'd have to go with Bush. <laughs> hey, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Good choices, guys. What would, what would your beer be? Oh, um, I'm a Dos Equis girl, for sure. Uh-huh. There we go. The, the amber one, like in the dark bottle, yes. or the one no, in the green the bottle? dark bottle. Dark bottle? Yeah, I like that She's one. She's the most interesting girl in the world. <laughs> <laughs> My last question is: What is your best hangover cure? Exercise. Oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah, or go jump in a lake. Always works. Hmm. You don't want to hear mine. It's it's graphic, but it works. <laughs> no, go <laughs> ahead. I'll take notes. No, no, I'll, I'll give you the just. You know, drink a lot of water before bed. Eat a definitely eat a bag of ramen before bed. You gotta get some carbs in the system, you know. And uh, wake up and just pound some some ibuprofen. Pretty pretty typical. Well, that that version of it's pretty typical. Hit me up off air. And I'll, I'll tell you the real story. <laughs> okay, I'm going to because now I I'm like interested. I need to know. But um, thank you guys so much for your time today. I appreciate getting to know more about your brand, more about your company, and I look forward to watching you guys continue to grow. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you having us on. Thanks for the opportunity. Go Tigers. No, Gigum. <laughs> she goes to a and so. I know. I figured that was yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> go college football. Yeah, See there you go. See you. All right. Thank you, guys. Peace. Thank you to Logan and Teddy for chatting with me today. You can find Kinga Coolers online at buykinga.com and on Instagram at Kinga Coolers. Thank you to everyone listening and I hope you join us in our next Office Chats episode. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.